So I was the Michigan Marooter, the Genesee Giant, and the Ogre of Otisville. The Ogre <laughs> like of Otisville. And we, oh. So the atrocity of Monroe. So I was called the Fighter of Frenchtown, the Walnut Warrior. <laughs> Why walnut? the Walnut? That's I live on Walnut Street. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the characters are like two dimensional. You know, they're they're kind of you know they're like flannel graphs. It's a good way of thinking of it. You know, but I think the reality is is it it, it helps make them three-dimensional helps me realize jesus was a three-dimensional person with a personality and peter was this way maybe you know it just kind of it put flesh and bones on them and i hope that 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 if people go back and read the gospels i hope that it prompts questions like you said oh i didn't realize that let's go see if that's really true all right well here for another episode of Following Him. Following Him is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We're here to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for joining us today on this uh, episode here, episode three. Um, today with me, I've got uh, Pastor Tim Iquangeli, Senior Pastor, Lead Pastor of MMBC. Hey, Spencer. I've got Scott Slater, Family Pastor here. What's up, man? And I've got Pastor Matt Bates, Music and Media Pastor. Hey, and your host. Spencer, Spencer Snow. Snow, discipleship pastor here at MNBC. It's good to uh, be with you brothers today. Um, today we want to talk about a TV series that we've all seen. Uh, we want to talk about Friends te- television. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> if it was that, but we are going to talk about a TV series called The Chosen. Um, the Chosen, perhaps you've heard about it. The Chosen is the first ever, according to their website, the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus created outside of the Hollywood system. The Chosen allows us to see him through the eyes of those who knew him. It's, uh, what, eight episodes? Yeah, season right? one. Season yeah. one is eight episodes. So there's only one season right now. One of the things that's kind of cool about it is it's crowdfunded, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can pitch in money. And um, they're producing, I believe right now they're in the midst, or maybe not right now because of the coronavirus, but they were in the midst of producing season two about the life of Christ. It's interesting. It's actually directed by Dallas Jenkins, who is the son of left behind author Jerry Jenkins. And so um, the show goes through the first part of Jesus's uh, life and ministry. It goes all the way up to the last episode being about his uh, conversation with the woman at the well in Samaria. And so it was, uh, I've watched them with my wife. She loves the series. Um, it's an interesting TV series to watch and to uh, see how Christ is portrayed, to see how the disciples are portrayed and everything. And so um, let's throw out this question, guys. Why would you recommend someone to watch The Chosen? Would you, I guess? And yes. why? Why <laughs> yes. should they watch? Yeah, I would recommend somebody watch The Chosen. And one of the reasons is because, I mean, just after seeing it, I think it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's largely biblically faithful to the story. Um, and a lot of times, um, portrayals of the life of Christ don't really... Uh, 
they're not really well made a lot of times. Yeah. And so I think that what this provides is a, a well made show that somebody can watch that doesn't just show the life of Jesus, but also really gets into the lives of the disciples mm-hmm. and, you know, and kind of allows the, uh, what you would read in the gospels to come to life, uh, in a way that, you know, we are such a, a visual society now. We are used to videos. We're used to TV, not necessarily reading books. And so it's a really helpful thing for somebody, I think, uh, that, uh, that maybe doesn't read a whole lot of fiction mm-hmm. and can use their imagination in that way. And so it'll help bring those things to life for them. Now, you're not opposing reading books, are you, Scott? <laughs> I read a lot of books. Okay, so good, no. good boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I normally... Oh, I got to use my words right here. Now, this is a more lighthearted podcast, right? Of course. Okay. We're always lighthearted. Well, I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> I normally do not like Christian movies at all. Like if we have a church member who says, Pastor Tim, I got this movie I want you to watch. I'm usually like, oh no, like, <laughs> I don't want this movie. Especially if you're going to tell me it's a Christian movie, because it, like Scott was saying, it's not going to be well done. Yeah. It's going to be corny, yep. right? It's going to be super cheesy and I'm just not going to like it. And to be honest, most movies that have to do with like faith and stuff, I find so many theological errors in them. I'm like, I don't think this is good for people in general to be watching. Right. And, uh, I would say for this, I haven't found that. Like, it's been really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they take some artistic license for sure, which sure. I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit as we continue on. But it's still staying true to Scripture in mm-hmm. my mind with like what we have of Scripture of what Peter might be like, you know, or what so and so might have, might be like. And so, yeah. I've really enjoyed. I've, I mean, I've given money to it just to be upfront, and I've mentioned it to numerous people. Like numerous people, yeah. you should watch this. <laughs> yeah. Now, what would you say if uh, someone came to you and said, "But, but can it distort your view of Jesus?" Like, if you watch that kind of stuff, what would you? What would your response be to them? I mean, can it distort our view of Jesus? If you know, and and then, but then, secondly, how would you counsel them and encourage them one way or the other? I mean, yeah, of course, anything can. Yeah. You know, a bad preacher can distort your view of Jesus. So my counsel to that person would be watch the show, but at the same time, this might be a really interesting way for you to watch it is watch the show and then go back to the scripture and read the scripture that would go along with that event. Right. You know, and uh, it's it's all an aid to help yeah. us. You, you know, know, the movie Ten Commandments. It was just on this week with uh, <laughs> Charles and Heston. Charles and Heston. Like I grew up, we'd watch that and we would look forward to that as kids because we got to stay up late honestly, to watch this movie. But it was also interesting because it was like a story of the Bible on TV. Mm -hmm. And it was, back then it was done really well, right? Mm -hmm. And it was done in all this way. But I I know how that distorted my view of things. Like I'd be like, well, this happened in scripture. I remember seeing it on the movie. Right. And then you go back and you're like, wait a second, that's that's not in there. It doesn't say that. Well, I didn't know of artistic license and all that as a kid. I didn't really think through it. And so it can definitely distort, I guess, in that way. Um, yeah, what comes to mind to me is when I like read the books like The Hobbit, like J.R.R. Tolkien, and then The Lord of the Rings, and then they they come out with the movies. Is you really can't put all the the nitty gritty, the the you know the the jots and tittles of the writing in the film, but also there's another flip to that because you can show a lot more emotion by watching something or someone act than you can getting stuff out of a book sometimes. 
So I, for me, it's, it's, it's give or take. I love, I absolutely love the acting. Like they, all of the actors and, and are, are very, very good. Uh, they, they all do a very good job. I'd, Kind of like with a lot of things, though, too, right? The book is always better than the movie, sure. right? Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right? So the book is better Especially than the movie. Especially in this case. Yeah, in this case, you know, one is infallible. Except for in Lord of the Rings. That's oh, really? True. Movies are better than the books. Just saying. Sorry, man. Oh, it I, is a hard I, I've listened to the old <laughs> BBC radio drama of Lord of the Rings, so... Um, You're probably the only person at the table. That's <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's for free, and... Um, I will say you need to send me the link to it, though. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'll pass. It, it's really good. It's really good. There's like 13 episodes, a little less than an hour each. Um, just sit and sit Anyways. with your family. You know. Okay. So, so yeah. So we there's obviously you 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 got to use your brain when you watch this show, but it can be helpful. I found it to be to be interesting, helpful. What what makes the chosen different from other portrayals of Jesus that you've seen? You've, we've talked a little bit about this before, but I think it shows grace really good. Hmm. I mean, that's what has been just struck me um, almost to a level of frustration when I'm trying to teach it to my kids. Like, so we'd watch it, we'd watch it with, with the kids. And then afterwards I'd try to talk to them about it. And grace was always jump out. And I would try, I wanted them to feel what I was feeling, you know, the sense of grace that was portrayed hmm. uh, in the different scenes. Um, and to me, it just let just leaped out of the movies, you know, to where I would find myself misty eyed, <clears throat> just thinking of how true, <laughs> how true that really is. You know, I don't know if that's exactly how that moment went down in particular that they're showing me on the screen, but I see that evident all throughout scripture. Mm. God's grace is exactly like that. Yeah, mm. that's good. I think it shows how personable Jesus is and how much of a his, you know, it really helps you see his humanity. Mm-hmm. A lot of other portrayals of Christ that that I've seen, he's it's always like he's got this glow about him, and it portrays his authority, his divinity. But the thing about this movie or this show, rather, that it really I think brings out is his humanity. Mm-hmm. So there's some spoilers that are probably going to come out in this. Yeah. Oh yeah, we probably so, should have done a spoiler alert. Well, we yeah. I think we just did, but you know, it's just like <laughs> the episode where Jesus is spending a lot of time with the children yeah. and how he acts, and it's just like yeah. you know, in other portrayals of Jesus. Jesus doesn't get down and talk to kids like mm-hmm. they're kids. Yeah. He talks to yeah. them like he is God yeah. <laughs> to kids. Yeah. But in in the chosen, he's goofy. He's yeah. funny. Yeah, he's, humor. he's playing yeah. jokes. Mm-hmm. He acts like a person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, in my mind, even though we don't have stuff like that recorded in Scripture, I think that probably is what Jesus was like. Yeah, he was a human. He was a person. I talk to my kids a certain way. Jesus probably talked to kids a different way than he did adults. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I think that's one of the things that really um, leaps off when I see the episodes is that we often read the gospel narratives and we think of robo Jesus. Yeah. Walking around, bam, you're healed. Um Yes, let them come to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, like, he's just a robot, like you said. <laughs> but he took on full humanity. We confess that. We believe that. We teach that. And so it's one of the things that was really refreshing was, yeah, to see the way in which he, Jesus could make jokes. Mm-hmm. Jesus could laugh. Mm-hmm. And it's not sinful. Yeah. 
make farting noises to the kids. <laughs> he does that, like, right? Laugh. I mean, one of the now <laughs> everybody's going to watch the show just to see Jesus <laughs> exactly. make a fart noise. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. It does happen. Yeah. Like, uh, so about his interactions with people, we've talked about his grace, um, graciousness towards people, mm-hmm. his authenticity. He's a human being. Um, what else about his interactions with other people? What have you noticed that's true to the scriptural record? Well, I mean, his truthfulness. I mean, he he's always speaking truth, and he's always sincere, and he's he's thinking of other people. It even seems before himself mm-hmm. oftentimes. Like, you know, I remember uh, in one scene, uh, he's with Peter, and he tells Peter, you know, I've got to go do something you go ahead to this town. And Peter's like, okay, I'll make sure everybody's safe getting to town. And he tells Peter, no, I don't need you to look over everybody. I want you by yourself to go into town. And and Peter kind of gets frustrated by it. And he says, Peter, you're the only one here that's married. You have some responsibilities at home. I want you to go home and take care of your responsibilities. And he says, even myself, I'm going right now to take care of my mother. Mm -hmm. That's why he was leaving. And he just does that multiple times throughout the series where he just cares about mm. things that need to be cared about that sometimes get overlooked for ministry or for mm. other things. And uh, I thought that was really good. I liked I liked seeing that in there, him doing that. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it, it highlights the fact of the, uh, I'm going to use this phrase, like the sanctity of ordinary life. Yeah. We forget that. Sometimes we, we're trying to look for some really crazy thing to be doing to show we're devoted to God. Mm. And Jesus just tells Peter, why don't you go back and take care of your wife? And I'm going to go take care of my mom. Mm. And we forget mm. about that. We all have vocations as fathers and husbands and church members. And um, there's there's beauty in serving in those ordinary those yeah. ordinary ways. Was there anything in particular that, I mean, anything that made you nervous about the portrayal of Jesus off the top of your head? Um, I mean, it does take a little while to get used to. I yeah, think, because like Jesus making a fart noise with kids like mm-hmm. that, you know, some, you know, I just get this picture in my head. Of, like, is that irreverent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of like, I get this picture in my head of like some, some person that's a hero in the faith looking at that and saying that is disrespectful. Right. And that is irreverent. And so that like stuff like that takes a little bit to get used to, or, you know, like when I first started watching it and like it, the show goes really deep into the disciples and some of the other followers' mm-hmm. backstories. Right. And that's that started making me nervous because I was thinking, man, that they're really taking a lot of license in this. Is this okay to do? Or, you know, how is that? But, you know, like once you watch it and you think about it and then, like I said, go back, examine the scriptures, yeah. you know, they don't, I don't think they do anything that's unbiblical. You know, they just, yeah. you make some assumptions about what people are like, like Mary Magdalene, or Peter. Yeah. Um, or, I know Amanda's kind of, not to call her out, I don't think I'm calling her out, but just with Matthew, mm. you know, as you watch what they what they do with Matthew. Yeah. And she was just saying, where, you know, where in the Bible are they getting this from? And is this too much artistic license to say this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe off of his profession, you know, or, you know, what he did, it lends to maybe think maybe he could have been, because in the movie, he, I think he looks, he's autistic, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah. the movie, that's what they portray uh, Matthew as, as a text collector. Um, and so I could feel her nervousness from that. Like, I, maybe they're taking this too far. Um, but again, I don't think it goes contrary 
to scripture at yeah. all, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, but it is artistic yeah. license. I think it's a good, in one sense, I think it's good that we feel that way. Sure. I would rather us feel that way than the other way. The other way around. We're yeah. like, oh, whatever. Well, yeah, um, because, you know, uh, it's it, good that we have that. That's a good instinct yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, right? I don't how many years ago, I don't know. Uh, oh, shoot, I've been here six years now. So maybe eight, nine years ago, the big push for Jesus was his manliness. I remember like everybody was talking about how manly Jesus and you see these pictures of a Christ with ripped muscles and all this stuff. And it was like, and it was because they were saying, we're trying to pull him back from being a feminist. We don't want him to be, you know, people are trying to make Jesus because he was probably a man, you know, he was a carpenter and he was doing this and he was doing that. And so all of a sudden you saw this going in that direction, which can go too far. Right as well, and that made me nervous. Even then, seeing that, like, yeah. man, I don't think we're taking this too far. I think you can do that in any, yeah. in any sense, and you got to be careful, mm-hmm. you know, right with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what have been some of your favorite characters, moments, so far in the show. Yeah, I think probably my favorite character so far in the show is Nicodemus. Yeah, um, and my favorite scene. So definitely, spoiler alert, right here mm-hmm. uh, is. Uh, it's, I think it's the last episode, uh, right before they they begin their journey. You know, Jesus has told Nicodemus where they're going to meet and where they're going to depart. And Nicodemus is there, but he's hiding. And he's, he's just bawling his eyes out mm-hmm. because he wants so bad to follow Jesus because, you know, he knows that what Jesus has just told him when they met in the night was true. Mm-hmm. He knows that Jesus is somebody special. But he's just bawling his eyes out because he can't muster up the courage to, you know, it shows his luxurious lifestyle. It shows that he's this honored teacher. Yeah. And he just can't. Yeah. And, but he still leaves some money, you know, for him. And so it's just this beautiful picture of a man that is absolutely broken because he mm-hmm. wants to follow Christ, but he's too scared to. Yeah. You know, and I just think that's so well done and brings out this str- internal struggle yeah. in Nicodemus so much. You know, would you agree that they probably take more artistic license with Nicodemus than anybody else? Would you think? I don't think so. I mean, I no, think, no, not really. About Mary Magdalene. Yeah, I would say her too. I, I, yeah. th- I would pin it between the yeah. the two of them, yeah. and not in a sense where I get uncomfortable. Like, there's no way Nicodemus was like this, but mm-hmm. just like I'd never thought of it that in yeah. depth. Like, it caused me to go to to scripture. Honestly, like, where are they getting? his true desire to follow Christ. Cause that's what it seems like they're really trying to show. And I'm like, where do they see that? Just in the questioning mm-hmm. in John three. But then I saw, again, this is why it's important. I think to go to scripture when watching right. these mm-hmm. in John 19, yep. when Jesus is buried, Nicodemus shows up again. Yep. And that's something that I had never paid attention to mm-hmm. before that he was there at the burial. I think he's also mentioned in John eight or somewhere is it uh, seven? Yeah, John seven fifty because there's also he he shows up at, the, at chapter three, chapter mm-hmm. seven, and chapter nineteen because remember they're like you know have you been deceived? And Nicodemus says, does our law judge a man without giving him, first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? So they did a great job of capturing yeah. the mm-hmm. initial. I you know like I see who this guy is and there's a reason why he even comes to him, and then there's this thing where I'm not like all the other religious leaders. He's still not committed all the way but then at the very end he breaks and Mm. it comes with and uh like i mean this season ends with him not willing Mm -hmm. right but we do see the fact that he was at his burial and does what he does i mean i would have to say he probably 
yeah. was a follower of yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Change of heart, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one, Scott. Mm-hmm. What about you, brother? Uh, so two things. Is one, the first time you see Jesus is when he, he I don't know, is, is it a pub or a, a bar? Would, would that be yeah. what that is? Yeah, Maybe. basically. I don't, I don't know what they call it in those days, but like he basically is, you know, like he knows it's Mary Magdalene. She has no idea who Jesus is. She like, she's assuming that he's trying to, you know, get with her in some way, but she ends up leaving the pub and he goes after her and he calls her by her name, Mary. When all throughout the first episode, he is, uh, she's, everyone's calling her Lily or something like that. I, I don't, I think it's Lily, Lilith, Lilith, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but he calls her name and she turns around and like that scene was just very memorable to me. So I'm like, man, I want Jesus to do that to me. I want him to call my name. You know, I want to hear him say my name, which I guess my name is Matthew. So I guess he does eventually say it. Matthew, you guys me. don't have that privilege. <laughs> um, but, but two is the woman at the well, that, that exchange between Jesus and, and, and the woman there is is fabulous to me. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I really enjoy about this, especially the scene of the woman at the well, but really throughout the whole first season, you know, we've talked about how this show portrays the humanity of Jesus. It doesn't do that by sacrificing his divinity, right? Like no, one of the right. coolest things about Jesus' character is that, like, he talks as if he is God. Like he is mm-hmm. not hiding who he is. Yeah from these people yeah. like he speaks with authority and he does these things with authority. And so it, it, it just does a beautiful job of showing his humanity and his divinity. Yeah. Like the things that he says to the woman at the well, he says things that only God could say and doesn't blink an eye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's a powerful moment. I mean, taking artistic license, but still whenever, uh, he tells her, I, you know, you, the guy you have now is not your, your husband. And then he goes in and starts listing right. the men. And their names. And, their, and the details. <laughs> yeah. And she says, right, eventually, come and see a man. I mean, I don't know if this is in the episode, but uh, we know in Scripture, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Yeah, well, she, yeah, she, she yells it to the disciples. Yeah, she's, she's heading away. out. Yeah, right? she's going down the hill. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's a powerful yeah. moment. One other thing, me and Courtney, uh, Courtney noticed it, I think, and uh, we were talking about it, but is how healthy... Jesus's relationships are shown with women. Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the things that really struck me was the fact that Mary Magdalene is part of the group following Jesus. And it tells us in Luke's gospel that there was a group of women that followed Jesus. I think Mm -hmm. like Luke eight or something like that. And I think um, there was a a very healthy relationship like between Jesus and Mary Magdalene or Jesus and the woman at the well that I think um, does a good job of balancing because, you know, like um, we don't want to be the, uh, the macho man kind of Jesus, right? Where we we (laughs) think that's a false masculinity, but this is a really healthy, respectful, pure, um, a wonderful Christian fellowship. And one time he tells Mary, right? Magdalene, he says, did you ever think it was going to be this way with having brothers? Right, yeah. and she laughs, and and that mm. that was really helpful. I thought that was a really good way of describing mm. Christian relationships um, between genders yeah. in the church. Yeah. It was it was really good, yeah. even, to, mm. even to get to see the Jesus's relationship with his mother yeah. at, at the wedding in Cana was really was really good. Yeah, yeah. Timothy, oh, my turn. 
You know, you might not believe this about me. I'm a sap at movies. Mike, he likes a good chick flick. Aubrey, <laughs> my daughter calls me out all the time. Like, Dad, are you crying? And it's like, shut up. It's the Italian. Side. It's like you need to be quiet. <laughs> but like, and so I think it's because I think so deep about all movies, like just theologically, mm-hmm. and like I can watch a cartoon movie like we just watched a cartoon movie this week disney i don't know if it's disney one of the new ones they let you stream onward that new it's a movie anybody seen it i don't know i can't alicia says it's weird it is weird but it's got a scene (laughs) it's it's about these two boys and their relationship with their dad and like even in that i'm just like gosh but anyways so with this move with this with the chosen i would say uh the first one was what matt said mary magdalene scene and you really got to know the back the backstory mm-hmm. is uh, at one point in this in the first episode, Nicodemus tries to heal Mary Magdalene, who has spirits in her, demons in her, and Nicodemus just says she's untouchable. I mean, he says that he goes back and they're like, he's the he's the lead teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, teacher, why why what happened? And he goes, some people, not even God, can heal. Yeah. They can't be redeemed. They can't be redeemed. Yeah. They can't be brought back. He, he says that's words. his way to answer. <laughs> why he couldn't do it because he was struggling with that himself, mm-hmm. right? Why can't I heal her? Or, or does he maybe say, I don't know, or does he say maybe only God could redeem her? Yeah, that's, I think that's what he says. Because it's fascinating. Did he say only God? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. eventually maybe he eats later. the words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he said that or if he'd said some but, people but he just are unreachable. Like yeah, I thought he made it, it sound it's like me. even God couldn't. Yeah. 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 And then you, have, then you have Christ healing her, not by touching her. Not by sprinkling her with water, right. not by doing anything. He just simply said, "Mary." Right. Mm. And in that instant, she turned around and was completely healed. Yeah. And and she doesn't know his name. She doesn't know who he is because he kind of just disappears after mm-hmm. that. So that was that was an extremely uh, moving point. And and the other ones that you guys said were good too. But I'd say the other one for me that I really tried to teach my kids on was the leper. Mm. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just trying to get them to feel how sin makes us unclean, Mm -hmm. just like the leper. And so in the scenes, you know, they, they see the leper coming from way off. I mean, he, he was seen earlier, but the disciples see the leper coming from way off. And I mean, they draw swords and they say, you get out of here. You're not allowed Mm -hmm. around us. Mm -hmm. Get away from us, you know, and how Jesus would approach him. And how the leper would just fall at Jesus' feet and say, mm-hmm. I've heard, I heard what you did at the wedding. And so I know only you could heal me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how Jesus would go to that person who's unclean, untouchable, not welcomed, not around, and would just heal this man. And, and I was trying to get even myself to feel what that must feel like to be untouchable, not allowed to be around anybody because of your infirmity. You're not allowed to mm-hmm. be touched you're not allowed to be hugged you're not allowed to be loved right. you're not allowed to be cared for it or nursed and all of a sudden christ heals you and you get to go back into the temple be cleansed and all of a sudden you're back in society all of a sudden you're clean and how we just have that picture of the gospel yeah. right and and to understand the depth of our sin like i really wanted my kids to understand the depth of their sin made them untouchable yeah. you're absolutely unworthy to be around anything good but because of Christ, you can be. And, and so that was just really, really moving thing too. It's, it's powerful too, because Jesus, he could have healed him without touching him, but right. he goes up to yeah. him 
mm-hmm. and pro- makes a point. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I come to t- any touch. One of the, I mean, one of the things that's great too is there's there's appropriate comedic relief because right after that he says, "Who's got a cloak?" Right, and all the <laughs> disciples are like. Yeah, and they, you know, there's a shock, and then they start taking. Yeah, we only need uh, one. He's like, we only, only need one. one. We only need one. <laughs> yeah. We only one. And then he even tells them, like, green's your color, right? Makes yeah, it, he puts yeah. it on. He's like, oh, yeah, green's, green's your, your color. color. Right. And Makes your eyes pop. Things like that, right? It's not like, yeah. I mean, it's really cool. Um, I don't know. One of the things for me, a few different things. One of the things I, I, I really liked Matthew, his character. Um, I think they did a great job of capturing the the fact of how how he felt like a pariah because he was a tax collector he's a trader his own parents won't see him mm. um and they do a great job of of highlighting uh, i think uh, how he would have been viewed by the society um and his his inquisitiveness though in Capernaum, and I, one of the things that was helpful too is the fact that they showed how these people would have known each other peter would have known yeah. He would have known who Matthew yeah. was because Matthew's at the tax booth. Matthew's the yeah. traitor. Everyone right. knows Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us here would have liked Matthew. Mm-hmm. And to see Matthew do that. But then the other side of it also, I think, is, um, and I'll tie these together, is Peter's character. They did a great job of, I think, laying the the groundwork for what we, the kind of person Peter was. Mm. Like, I think Peter, you know, like there's the one scene, right, where um, he, uh, the the healing of the uh, the the lame man who comes through the ceiling, right? But all the people are gathered around, and, and Peter's going around. What's he doing? He's doing a little, you know, PR, PR and crowd control. Yeah, right. how you liking this? Yeah, no, isn't it great? Yeah, it's awesome, isn't <laughs> His name's it? You know, Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, James yes, Jesus. Jesus. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm with him. You know, and he's keeping an eye on Jesus. He loves Jesus. He's loyal. But Peter also, you know, as uh, he's he's walking along at one point, he's like, "Let's get this thing started, right?" You know, he's ready to get this Messiah thing going. Mm-hmm. But Peter doesn't understand what this is really all about. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a great job of showing the allegiance he has towards Jesus, the kind of character we see him later on, um, who is willing to make that bold statement, you're the Christ, but then on the other hand, who wants to take Jesus aside and start critiquing him? Um, they did a great <laughs> job. And then it really came through um, whenever Jesus calls Matthew. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and just says, you know, tells Matthew, follow me. And there's that one point where Ma- where Matthew says, "Hey, what are you doing?" Or is it, is it, sorry, excuse me. Peter says, "What are you doing?" He says, um, and he says, "He's a tax collector. That's different." And Jesus says, "Get used to different." Yeah. And Matthew comes, and they would have all hated Matthew. Oh gosh. They wouldn't have liked him, mm-hmm. and yet Jesus has the audacity to make that guy one of his followers. <laughs> and then he says, he takes the little tablet, right? And he says, "Should I? Should I?" T- Give, uh, give this back. He's like, no, keep it. You may need it, right? Which yeah. is full of irony. But do you remember uh, when uh, Matthew went to Peter and Andrew in one of the scenes? Yeah. And Andrew, he was trying to ask questions about the fish. Yeah. yeah. The fish showing How up. How did this happen? You know, and he's wanting to know. And remember Andrew's response to Matthew was, if you can't convince yourself what you saw, why do you think what we say is going to mean anything? And then they walk away. Mm. And that's one of the things I like about Matthew's character. I believe he's the only one so far in the season to actually think through the following Jesus thing. Mm. Like the rest was, oh my gosh, this miracle just happened. Jesus like, follow me. They're like, right. okay. Right. And they yeah. follow him where yeah. we see Matthew like in every mm. episode 
seeing things, seeing miracles, seeing things happening, right. but he's like thinking through it because he's like calculating. He's like, this does not make sense logically. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that's happening shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And he almost wants to join, but he can't until Jesus finally like, hey. And he has a lot to give up. Oh, right. He's got yeah. a nice house and nice shoes. He doesn't want to touch anything because he doesn't want to be... Um, you know, get contaminated and be dirty. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think that's one of the doctrines to me. I, it was honest, honestly, it's kind of um, surprising. One of the doctrines that clearly comes out of this is the doctrine of, well, we would call it effectual calling mm-hmm. mm. and, and uh, God's sovereignty. He calls them. Yeah. Matthew, right. join me. Mary, and he calls her mm-hmm. by name, redeems her. Mm-hmm. He calls them. They don't call him. Yeah. He goes to them. He brings them to him. And Matthew's character I found to be really helpful because Matthew's just standing there in a tax booth looking at him, just wishing. It seems like that. Yeah, he's like, like, and and then Matthew, I want you to follow me. And when she says, right, uh, you know, um, talks about having a feast and, and Matthew's like, no one comes over to my house. He's like, well, you're hosting. Him. Yeah, you are tonight. <laughs> yeah. Hosting yeah. I'm like, what an amazing reality that must have been for Matthew. Yeah. Sorry, kind of took over there, but um, no, that's yeah, good. No, it, it was. I it think was, that's that's I loved all that. good. Because yeah. um, what you mentioned about like with Jesus having to call to follow them, we were having a conversation a few days ago about there's a blind lady over and over again in these episodes. Jesus mm-hmm. never heals her. Like the season ended and he never heals her, and it's almost like I know I'm sitting there like. Yeah. Heal her already. <laughs> you see room. her. Why will you not heal her already? But it's mm. almost like that feeling like, God, why is this person not coming to you? Why do you not open their eyes to the truth of the gospel? Open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. But the fact is, God has to do that. And I am not God. I don't have that plan. Where my plan would be Jesus would stand on top of the building and be like, you are all healed of your calamities and your infirmities. Be healed. That's not how it works, right? No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. it just goes to show that's not the real reason why Jesus was there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that, you know, I don't I don't remember her name, the blind woman, but she's already there. Mm-hmm. She is already with Jesus. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other miracles and a lot of the other things that Jesus did were to show people who he was so that they would follow him when he right. called them. But she's already there. Mm-hmm. You know, her main problem in her life is not that she's blind. You know, for so many people alive today... Your their, your main problem is not the physical infirmity that you have, right? Or it's not the struggle that you go through. You know, for every single one of us, our main problem is the sin that we have, yeah, and that needs to be paid for. That's exactly right. Yeah. So as we think about, I, I have a question for you. Peter is one of your favorite characters. You said, "What do you think uh, uh, about him being portrayed as being buff?" Oh yeah, the first yeah. scene when he's he's like fighting in the, oh, the ring or whatever. Well, he was a gambler and he <laughs> and was like a fighter. The veins right? are sticking said. out of his arms. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it probably reminded me a lot of myself, and so, <laughs> I mean, I think that's yeah. probably why. <laughs> we were just talking about his wrestling names. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> what were they again? No, we don't need to bring them up. The, no, but, no, the we, ogre of Otisville. Yeah. So. <laughs> we didn't need to bring that up. <laughs> And that will be edited. No, uh, but uh, when we think about, no, I, I think it, it's interesting, right? Obviously, that stuff is stuff that we, we don't know for certain about Peter. That's artistic license. But they did yeah. show the um, Peter's a fighter. Mm. That's what he does. I mean, you know, he's a rough fisherman. Yeah, he's got. He's going to carry a sword. He's going to cut somebody's ear off. He's going to try to take their head off eventually in the garden, right? Mm. And he's going to take care of Jesus. And um, the Lord has to, to rein that in. Um, 
which is a beautiful thing. I, I, I just loved the way in which they, I have a, a close friend, uh, and uh, he reminded me a lot of Peter because Peter is very assertive. Peter's, Peter's all in right now, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going to take the lead, sometimes to a fault. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I love that. We all love that about Peter, right? He's the lovable character, um, lovable operating, operating there throughout it. One other scene before we uh, move on, another thing that really hit me, well, I guess a couple of them come to mind, but one of the things that came to mind is I remember the scene where Mary Magdalene is hosting uh, Sabbath in her house, right? And there's the contrast drawn between the Sabbath that's in her very humble home contrasted with the Sabbath that is celebrated with Nicodemus. Nicodemus yeah. yep. And yet, where does Jesus show up at? The very humble home mm-hmm. with the blind and the, mm-hmm. you know, the outcast, right? Yeah. And she's almost, she wants to hand it off to Jesus to read. And Jesus says, no, you're doing just fine. Um, I don't know, just something was very true about the grace element maybe we're getting to mm-hmm. about who Jesus is, what, what he values. Another thing that comes to my mind um, was, of course, the, the changing the water into wine. Um, oh, yeah. Thomas's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, personally, I can identify a lot with Thomas, I feel like, you know, the, the desire for certainty too much. Mm. And they did a great job of trying to portray that in him. And um, isn't it wonderful that Jesus' first public miracle is at a wedding? <laughs> when Jesus shows up, he's not a killjoy. Huh. If I can put it this way, the party's just getting started. Mm-hmm. If you thought the first wine was good, mm. wait till the second wine comes in. And uh, they did a great job of portraying uh, Jesus' uh, ministry there in mm. Cana and, and showing that, that miracle. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And when he, when he returns, his second coming... The marriage to his church. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's a celebration. Yeah. It's a wonderful. Yeah. Thinking about uh, celebrating uh, the Sabbath at Mary's house, you know, and what you said there, Spencer, I think is, I remember that scene and just how much it it comforted me to know, like, sometimes I feel like the things that I do for Christ, because I know it honors him and because I love him, because I'm commanded to do it. You know, I want to be faithful, but sometimes I feel like it is just so feeble hmm. of an attempt to honor Christ, whether that be sharing the gospel with somebody or having some kind of devotion in my home or even sometimes it ministry-wise as a pastor. I feel like this is a feeble attempt. And so just to see that image of Jesus looking at Mary, stumbling, like she had to, you know, Nicodemus had it memorized. She had to write it down and read it because she didn't know it that well. And Jesus was pleased with what she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be reminded that even though my attempts might be feeble, mm. it's pleasing to Christ. And, you know, he says, you're doing fine. Yeah. It, it was a beautiful scene. Yeah. It yeah. shows his his condescension, his love towards us. So as we, I mean, as we think about this right now, how can, how can watching The Chosen, as we think about, uh, you know, trying to head towards wrapping up the episode... How can this make us better readers of the Gospels when we read? It sh- I don't think, right, we're not arguing that you should watch this instead of reading the no, Gospels. No. I think this should help make us better readers, but how yeah. can it do that? I think this is why we're doing this podcast. You know, some people might say, man, they're in their third episode and they already got away from the Bible and they're talking about movies and TV. No, I mean, that's not the purpose. Is that a true statement? I guess kind of, kind of. 
But there's a reason of why we want to bring this up, and it's because it you can take your Bible and you can read it and you can pray and you can seek the Father, and that's a good thing. And, and I think that's something that we should do, and I think that's the first place that we need to go. But God in his grace has also given us so many things to help us in our study of his word. He's given us people throughout history who've wrote books that are helpful, right? He's given us people who write music and can make melodies and can make, they they can find the words that rhyme and still make sense together. And so that we can sing songs that are true to scripture and they're easy for us to memorize, even Mm -hmm. easier than scripture itself that we think about, you know, I think you've quoted some hymns during these podcasts, right? And, and we all go, oh yeah, yeah, we, we know that one. God has blessed us with all of these different things and, and I think we should use them. Now we, we have to be careful in the extra sources that we use. We, for me, you know, I, who is this author? What does this author believe? What church are they a part of? What church were they a part of? Can I trust this source? Like, there's work that needs to go behind it to know what you are reading. And I think the same can go for music and the same can go for movies and videos and things like that. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with lifting up a good source, something good. I found that to be a big um, task for us as pastors. You know, a lot of people will come and say, I'm reading this book. I even had that today. I got a text from somebody today. I've been reading this book. It's been really encouraging. This person wrote it. Should I be reading it? Like that is a valid question. It's a good question. And I want to be able to answer that. So I spend a lot of time studying seminaries and studying these different authors and things of what are good sources because those are just such good things to give out to people. And I know they've just been extremely helpful for me, you know, of where Bible college didn't answer this question or my Sunday school class that I was in didn't answer this question. And I need this question answered. And I'm going to scripture and I see passages, but I'm still not sure. And so finding good sources to help me think through these things in a biblical way. And I really think the chosen does a good job at that. It's not scripture. We can't give it as our final authority. Peter did gamble before Christ. We can't (laughs) say that. But we can look at, like you guys said, his actions, how he was quick to speak. He was quick to fight. Maybe some of that stuff does start to make sense. And it just, it really brings to light some things for me that I maybe hadn't thought of Jesus in this way before. You know, I haven't looked at it from that angle. And maybe, maybe it did go down that way, you know? And you just see those truths. That's just, for me, it was helpful. And I, when I was watching The Chosen, I didn't feel like I was in Bible study. I didn't feel like I was in a seminary class. You know, I didn't feel like I was being lectured to. Like, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. My whole family enjoyed it, you know, all the way down to seven-year-old. Like, he watched it and had questions, and it really opened the door then to be able to say, well, this is what the Bible says. This is why they treated that person this way. This is why this was a big moment and what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's my job to teach them how that relates to, to the mm-hmm. Bible. Right. It just opens those doors up. And uh, I really couldn't recommend it more. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's so, so valuable. And that's why we wanted to talk about it in this in this podcast. And we could do the same. And I hope we do in the future with books. Mm-hmm. You know, we could do the same with a lot of different things. And um, yeah. they're very beneficial things. They're good gifts that God has given us. Yeah. 
back to the question of you know how how should this inform the way we read our Bible or make us better readers of the Gospels? I think just like a lot of times, if you if you read a book and then you watch the movie of that same book, you now have pictures of people mm-hmm. and of the way they talk, the way they pronounce things that you like. If you were to go back and read that book, you read that book differently now. Yeah, you would put them in the book. Yeah, yeah. because you have an image of what they may look like, and I think that watching something like this that's done well and portrayed faithfully can help you do that. I mean, we've all done that. Like any, anybody that's seen the passion of the Christ, that's probably what they now imagine Jesus looked like. Right. Yeah. You know, even though the, the nowhere in the passion says this is what Jesus looked like. Um, but that's just what we do as people. Mm-hmm. And it helps us, I mean, still see and understand. I mean, I don't, and the, I mean, just take the passion of the Christ, for example. You know, I don't think I had any clue just how horrific the crucifixion of Jesus was until I saw that movie, you know. Uh, and But seeing that, that doesn't add anything to Scripture. It, it isn't Scripture itself, but I now have a much clearer idea hmm. of what the Scripture is describing. And so just to have that image. Another thing that I'll say is this, is that I think uh, the chosen can be a great uh, evangelistic tool. Yeah. Somebody who's not willing to sit down and read the Bible might be willing to watch this show. Right. And be they might be more engaged with watching this show. And so mm-hmm. if you have an unbelieving friend, I mean, one of the best things that you can do is say, hey, you know, do you want to watch this show with me? Like, let's watch it and then we can talk about the episode or something like that. You know, I think that this show could be used yeah. in an evangelistic way like that as yeah, well. That's great. I watch this too, kind of how I watch. Uh, I like to watch movies about war and things like that, but I find myself with my phone as I'm watching the movie about war and they're saying this guy's name. And so I'm, I'm Googling his name really quick and like, Oh, he was a part of this, you know, and like, Oh, they are sticking with history pretty, pretty closely. Like I'm, I'm doing that. And what am I, what am I really doing? I'm going back to the source, right? The movie's not my source. I'm going back to the source. And so it's the same way with something like this. Mm -hmm. Like, and why, why is Nicodemus doing this? Oh, I need to study this real quick. Oh, that's that's what the Jews did then. Like, that's how this happened. Oh, I never thought about that when reading my Bible to study Jewish culture with this, but the movie kind of brought it out. Now brings to light a little more about Scripture, mm-hmm. yeah, right? It's changing changing even my study habits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think sometimes when we read the Gospels, um, the characters are like two-dimensional. Yeah. You know, they're they're kind of, you know, they're like flannel graphs. That's a good way of thinking of it. You know, but I think the reality is is it, it, it helps make them three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. helps me realize Jesus was a three-dimensional person with a personality. And Peter was this way, maybe. You know, it just kind of, it put mm-hmm. flesh and bones on them. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that that, if people go back and read the Gospels, I hope that it prompts questions. Like you said, oh, I didn't realize that. Let's go see if that's really true. Right. Or I never thought about that. What does the Bible say? Hopefully it'll help them start asking questions that they themselves wouldn't have asked before. But also when they read these Gospels, it helps them realize these are real people like me hmm. um, and like like you. Um, so I, I think it can be really helpful as we think about that, as we read the Gospels, and it can help augment that and, and uh, um, never replaces Scripture, but definitely can come alongside us and help us be more uh, discerning readers of the Gospels. Yeah. I mean, anything that brings to mind the Gospel, reminds you of the Gospel, I think is a a shoo-in. Like if if watching the the show The Chosen, you know, reminds you and and 
and draws you back to the gospel, then I think that we should do it. And I think that it encourages our faith. Um, Cause we don't just need the gospel once in our lives to save us. We need the gospel every hour, every minute, every second of our day. Right. That's right. That's right. I think this is a helpful thing. <clears throat> I want to, and it has its place. And I, I want to say this, I could see somebody saying, this was so good. I don't what we should show this on Sunday mornings. Like, why can't this be an eight-week series that we show on Sunday mornings? That would be putting this movie out of its place, right? Right into out of its proper place, right. and, and that's a battle that we face uh, constantly. If people wanting certain things on Sunday morning, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? That's not the purpose. You know, Sunday morning is for us to corporately gather together, right? Worship God through singing and to hear the Word of God preached and to read His Word and to pray together. That's why God has given us yep. right our corporate worship time. So we want to stay true to that, yep. and then. I would say the same with like Christian concerts. They have their place right? as hopefully good, clean Christian entertainment that should that be your source of growth in your life? No, no, it should not. <laughs> but can it help you? Can it help you? And can it, yes. Can it encourage you in your faith? Yes. Can it do detrimental things? If you're listening to the wrong concert, going to the sure, wrong concert? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I would say the same then with TV shows and stuff too. Right. And this is one that we think is is good. And so it's not something we're saying, hey, we're going to start showing this on Sunday nights and doing... No, because that would be putting it out of its place of what it is. Right. That's not that's not the purpose of it. We're just saying it's good, clean, Christian entertainment yep. that also can help you think more about God right. and will challenge you maybe someday right. walk. Yeah. Right. We've, we've got to be discerning. Absolutely. Right? You can't just be a totally passive in, in life. You've got to be discerning. So I think, you know, as we've got a lot of time right now to, uh, you know, sit at home with our families, enjoy it. Perhaps one of the things, if uh, you check it out, um, check out The Chosen, type it into Google. It's for free to watch. You can watch all of the episodes of the first season for free. And just so how people know that they can watch it, it's an app that you can download onto your phone, whether it's an Android or an Apple device. You can also watch it on Roku Apple TV, Fire TV, Android TV, Chromecast. There's a lot of different ways that you, you can, can go to. I think that you can just go to their website too. They yeah. have a website and you can watch it right on your computer if you want to do they that. They also have a YouTube uh, okay. YouTube channel to where you can watch them for free as well. Okay. Oh, there you go. Awesome. So there's a lot of different ways you can watch it at home. If you've got the time, um, I, I think it could be a there's, a, there's a lot worse ways to spend your time, <laughs> right? And so, um, and uh, perhaps watch it. Um, hopefully it will make you think, reflect upon the gospel that we all believe. Always watch it with discernment, like we've said. Um, it does not replace the word of God. It does not replace preaching. It does not replace scripture. And it is not Jesus, but it can be a helpful augment um, to help us become better readers of the gospels. And I think it can, God can use it as he can use so many different things to strengthen our faith and our love to him. Um, so thank you so much for uh, listening and joining us today for our conversation here around the table. We hope it's been beneficial and we hope, um, we hope you'll find it uh, encouraging and edifying. Um, if you uh, want to follow us, we hope you will. You can follow us online at mmbconline.org. You can also find us on podcasts online at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Search Together in Christ. And these podcasts will be labeled underneath Together in Christ with following him. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll catch you next time.